0: This morning, well, first of all, Happy New Year. You know, this is a whole new year, which is kind of crazy. You know, at the beginning of every year, you think, wow, this is going to last forever. And then at the end of the year, you're like, wow, that went by so fast. And it happens every year. So welcome to 2022, officially. Yeah, this is great. We're all here. We made it. And I promise you, this is going to be the best message I've I've done this year, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the best one so far. It's not going to be the best one maybe this year, but definitely the best one so far. And this morning we're starting a new series, and I'm calling it Dream Church. And the idea of this series is exploring the characteristics of what a dream church would look like. And I'm going to also ask you guys to dream about what the church can be. It's kind of a double meaning. It's, what is a dream church? And I'm also saying, dream, comma, church. I want you guys to think about it. So, as you can see here on the screen, our first uh, message in the series is victory over fear. And I wanted this to be the first message because I know that for the last couple of years... Our lives have been ruled by this lingering sense of fear, right? We've, we've had a global pandemic for a, a two years, and it's very fatiguing. As uh, Joy Ann said, what'd you say? Interesting? What was the word you used? I mean, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's been a fascinating last two years. <laughs> That's a perfect word. Fascinating for sure. And there are memes floating around. You may have seen some on the internet or the Facebooks. Or the Instagrams, if, you've, if you're on those, where it says 2022, like, this is 2020 also. And then people freak out about that because 2020 obviously holds a lot of bad memories for all of us. And it stirs up fear when we think about what, what does this year hold? Because the last couple of years have not been great. Some, some really awesome things have happened for sure. But overall in the world, they've kind of been difficult. And so what does 2022 hold for us? And there's fear of disease and there's death and just the normal things of life, financial loss, isolation, loneliness, (laughs) the list goes on. I'm not not trying to be depressing, I'm just being pragmatic. I know that the new year can bring with it also a lot of hope and renewal. You know, this is a time for New Year's resolutions and to make changes and just get a fresh start. And this fresh start and this new pace also brings with it a bunch of new things that can be scary. And so, what kind of year is this going to be? Is it going to be better than last? Is something else going to happen, something worse than before? And those are all the questions that can go through our heads. And to be open with you, and you already know this, that life is full of the opportunity to be afraid, right? Fear abounds because life is full of pain and danger and failure. And we need to be able to address those fears in a godly way if we ever want to be able to grow and succeed in our faith. We have to be able to make sure that we handle fear appropriately. For example, here's an example of fear. For example, I experienced this week some fear as I was taking a walk with Obi. Right? Our puppy, the Brenda Doodle. Yes, you can even find fear on a simple walk with a dog. So here's the story. Amber and I spent the night at the McLean. So we're, we're hanging out with her family. We spend the night over there because everybody's in town, and I wake up, and it's in the morning, and it's this nice sunny morning. I think it was Wednesday last week, so it's this nice sunny morning, and I decided to take Obi on a walk, and they live on a golf course, so there's this nice golf cart path that goes around their neighborhood, and it's like in the woods, and it's really pretty, and windy, and hilly, and just perfect for walking a dog, so I'm like, man, this is going to be such an awesome morning. There's no clouds in the sky. There's just this nice light dusting of snow, which is kind of a nice pace of change from Michigan. So I'm like, okay, Obi, let's go. I put him on the leash. So we go out their back door. We walk down the grassy hill and across hole seven of the Boulder Creek golf course. And then we get onto the golf cart path and everything seemed to be going swimmingly. And I was really enjoying my morning walk with my puppy. He was really cute as he galloped through the snow along the way. And you know, he was darting back and forth, smelling everything he could. And it was just really cute to be out there with him. And like I said, there's just that thin layer of snow, so it leaves all his cute little paw prints everywhere he goes. And these like cute little tracks, and I'm just walking next to him, and we're having a good time. And then we get to this point, it's not even two minutes into the walk, where we've just made it onto the path. We get to this point where we're going up this hill on the cart path. It's relatively steep, And like I said, there's this fresh layer of snow on the ground. The perfect amount of snow to show off Obi's cute paw prints. But also the perfect amount of snow to hide a dark secret. So, I've been going up this hill. Right? And I get to the steep part of the hill. My right foot (laughs) slips. Right? And I'm on my, I'm on like one knee at this point. All the way down on the ground because the snow was hiding ice. Who would have thought there was ice in Michigan in the middle of winter? (laughs) So I'm on one knee at this point, and it's, like, super slick, and Obi sees me fall. So I'm, like, holding this leash with one hand, like, on my knee, and Obi, like, runs over, and it's really slick. Like, he slips and, like, slides down the hill a little bit as he's, like, coming over to see what's going on with me. And so I'm, like, on one knee, like, trying to balance at this point. And then I actually realized, oh, I am actually on a huge patch of ice. I just happened to make it up this far. But, like, this hill is, like, covered in ice. I'm like, this is not going well. So I'm, like, starting to, like, shift my weight a little bit, trying to get off the path. And then, whoo, my other leg goes. So I'm, like, on all fours, like, staring Obi like, right in the face. Like, we're, like, on the ground together. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, this is this is not good. So like, I don't have the leash anymore, so like, he could run away, do whatever he wanted to do. Luckily, he's a good boy. He stayed right next to me. So I was like, I'm shuffling around. Wham, there goes my hands. Right out from under me. And so I'm on all fours, and my hands disappear. Gravity does what gravity does, and it pulls my face right towards the ground. <laughs> Hence, what's on my face. So I, I, I slam my face right into the ground as hard as I can, and it hurts so bad. And I was afraid because I wasn't sure what had actually happened to me. All I felt was pain all over my face, and there was blood on the ground. I'm like, did I break a tooth? Did I break my nose? Are my glasses broken? Like, what is wrong with me? I was afraid. I'm like, am I going to be able to get off this path, or am I just going to be rolling around in my butt for the next 20 minutes until Amber wonders where I am? So, after the shock of the pain of my face hitting the ground, and I, after that kind of wears off, and my glasses are covered in snow, so I can't see anything. So I take my glasses off, and I see that there's blood on the ground, and I'm like, just like laying on the ground face down at this point, like kind of like on my elbows, and Obi's like, what is, what are you doing? <laughs> so I, I like shuffle my way, like wiggle my way over off the icy patch and onto the grass where it's totally fine to walk. And so I, I walk back and there's just like blood dripping on the ground. I thought I broke my nose or like had a bloody nose at least because obviously your nose sticks out of, in front of everything else on your face. So I'm like walking back, like, like snow all over me. Like my glasses are like tucked in my shirt. I'm like, I have an Obi like, walking next to me, and there's just like, a trail of blood as I'm walking. And I walk into the house, and I'm like, catching the blood in my hands. And Amber, I wake up Amber as I come into the basement. And she's like, What's going on? And obviously, I didn't have time to chat. I was like, catching <laughs> blood in my hands. So I'm like, I'll just talk to you in a minute. <laughs> so I just walk right past her. Like, Obi's like, still on his leash. And I walk into the bathroom and I look up and I'm like, oh no, I wish it was a bloody nose because now I have this huge gash on my face, on my lip, and my forehead. This is what I looked like the afternoon after I got hit. And it was really, you can see here how it kind of swollen it is. But like, for like three days, it like covered my bottom, like the bottom of my front teeth. I'm like, I couldn't smile, it hurt to eat. It was bad. And I don't know how in the world it happened. But I hit my forehead and my upper lip, and my glasses and nose were fine. How do, you, how do you hit your lip on concrete falling on your face and not hit anything else? I have no idea how it happened. But as I was there in my agony, it reminded me the other time this year my face was disfigured, if you remember, when I got poison ivy in the summer. I don't know. Mackenzie says "as endearing. Like, how often as an adult do you have a boo-boo on your face like a kid? It's not funny, okay? It's not funny. (laughs) So my lip was swollen. And it brought back these memories of poison ivy, which is just anxiety-ridden anyway. And, of course, you know, the entire family's making jokes at me the whole week. There is some sympathy. There's some sympathy. But it's mostly jokes. (laughs) And our cousin Lily for some reason this week was on your face jokes. Like everything was your face jokes. And so now is like the perfect opportunity, you know, to make your face jokes about my face. So the reason I, I bring this up at all is because it was the perfect example of how fear lurks in every corner, right? It in the moment, like I said, I was afraid. Like, what, what injury did I incur? And then later, I had this kind of anxiety about walking. <laughs> you know, just like, I was afraid of walking outside with my dog. I was brave, though, and I went back on the path later that morning. Except I only walked on the grass during the steep parts. You know, I stayed clear, and by that time, it was late morning, it was, everything was kind of melting away. So, fear lurks anywhere, it, It lurks on the icy path. It lurks in car wrecks and sickness. Even walking your dog can be filled with fear. And this is what fear does to us, right? It controls our lives. It it takes control over us, and it holds us back from all sorts of things. It stops us from pursuing things, looking at opportunities, and... Sometimes that's really detrimental to our lives. It's especially detrimental when it stops us from doing things that God wants us to do, right? When fear holds us back from walking faithfully. And now fear is natural. I'm not saying it's wrong to feel fear. Because fear is a result of the sin in our lives. It's a result of the fall of man. But just like sin, I think fear can be overcome. It can be conquered by God's power. And fear is not a characteristic of a dream church. Would you agree with me? Fear is not something that we want to control our church. And it's certainly not something I think we like in our dream identities of ourselves either. We don't want to be fearful people. We don't want to live in fear. So it's our job to recognize God's power in our lives, to follow him, to allow him to show us how to live. That way we can live at peace. And particularly today, that way we can start off a year on the right foot we can start off the year already overcoming the fear of our lives. So I want to start at the beginning. Where does fear come from? Open up your book, your Bible, to Genesis chapter 3 with me. We're starting all the way at the beginning, at the beginning of fear. So at the beginning of chapter 3 in Genesis, we see this serpent tempting Eve in the garden, the garden of Eden, and Of course, we know what happens, right? Eve ends up eating the fruit that she wasn't supposed to, and Adam follows suit, and they both end up breaking the rule, the one rule that God told them not to break. And this is where we see them experiencing a whole new set of emotions and a whole new set. They're seeing themselves in a whole new way now after this sin, after this disobedience. Their eyes are opened up to the knowledge of good and evil. And they, and they see themselves, and they feel new things that they never felt before. And that's what we read about in Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse 8 with me. So after they had sinned, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, so I hid myself. Adam had never been afraid before. Think about that. Adam had never been afraid before. This is the first time fear is ever mentioned in Scripture. Fear is as old as the Garden of Eden. And notice that fear is something that separates us from God, right? In the first story about fear, it causes Adam to run away and to hide. It causes Adam and Eve to separate themselves from God because they're afraid. Fear pushes us away from God. He hid. And we know well enough that if Adam did something, and he's our great-great-granddaddy, we are prone to it ourselves. Right? We we have inherited who Adam and Eve are. And so when we are afraid, when we're ashamed, when we have these problems, we also hide. Have you ever felt like hiding because you've been afraid or ashamed? Have you ever felt like running away? Even if you didn't have the opportunity, you may have felt that. And I remember I literally did this when I was a boy. I, I was wrestling with my brother, I think I maybe even told you guys a story where We were wrestling, and he ended up cracking his head on the side of this bookshelf, and he was bleeding, so I ran downstairs and hid behind the recliner because I was afraid of what was going to happen. So this fear that started at the beginning with Adam permeates all of our lives, and you can't avoid it, but it doesn't mean it has to rule over you either. And God has some powerful words for us to say to Read. He has some powerful words to say about the topic of fear. If you would, look at them with me in Isaiah chapter 40, 41. If you would, just please turn there. If it sounds like I kind of have a little bit of a lisp, if some words come out funny, it's because my lip doesn't feel quite right. It was worse earlier in the week, and <laughs> it was really swollen. I was just couldn't really move it a lot, so I was talking like this kind of. It's gotten better now. So in the book of Isaiah, we have some really important things to read from God. He he makes some promises here. And I think we can apply it to ourselves because, well, we'll get there in a second after we read verse 9. We'll kind of qualify why I think this applies to us today. So Isaiah 41, read verse 9 with me. You, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the remotest parts, and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. So, the first thing that we need to get through our heads is that if we believe in the Son of God, Jesus, if we believe he's our Savior, then we become the chosen of God. That's what Scripture says, that we become these chosen children of God, which is why I think this passage applies to us, because. God is talking about how he protects his chosen. And we are now his chosen through his son. And it says that God is not going to reject us. He's called us. He's not going to throw us out. And sometimes, like in the case of Adam, our fear can drive a wedge between us and God. But the good news is that God doesn't reject us. So if we go and hide from God, if, if we separate ourselves from God, God doesn't do the same thing. He doesn't say, oh, I see what you're doing over here. I'm just going to step aside from you, too. No, he says, hey, I, I've chosen you and I've called you. I'm not going to reject you. It's a really good question, or it's a really good promise. And the question, I think, all that poses to all of us when we, when we see that fact is, does our fear or our doubt negate the words that God has spoken That's kind of the question I think we need to ask ourselves. If God says he's not going to reject us, then does our fear change that? No, No, it doesn't. Thank you, Chuck. I was about to say it's not a rhetorical question. It was right here in my notes because I knew maybe you guys weren't going to say anything. But Chuck, thank you. No, it's not true. Our fear and our doubt does not change the words of God. So if we read this and we say we believe it, then that means that God won't reject us. And it also means that we have to believe everything that we're about to read. We have to take it to heart. So look at verse 10 with me. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxious and look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If your name is Shirley, this is particularly good news for you this morning. <laughs> ah, I can't help it. But in all seriousness, what, what do you do when you're afraid? You, you focus on the fear, right? He says, don't look about you. Don't look about you. Don't turn. Focus on me, for I am your God. Let's keep reading verse 11. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you will not find them. Those who war with you be as nothing and non-existent. For I am the Lord your God, who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Just think about what God said there. I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Those who come against you will be ashamed. You will not be able to find your enemies. Do not fear. I will help you. That's God saying that. Yes, these words were said over 2,000 years ago. Yes, It may be hard to believe these words when you're afraid, but they are true. They are true. And they are powerful. And these are the words that need to rule our lives, not our fears. Because there is no fear in this world that should stop us. Because nothing in this world can stop God. But if there is any fear that you should allow to change your hearts. If, if there is a fear that you should let change how you think, if there is a fear that affects how you live, it is the fear of God. As Proverbs seven one seven says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. However, this fear is not the fear that brings with it the shame and doubt and anxiety and worry and anger. That's the fear of the world, right? That's, that's the average common day fear. No, the, the fear that... Proverbs is talking about is the fear that instills reverence and honor and respect, right? So when we revere and honor and respect God and we put our trust in him no matter what, that means we believe what he says, that he's going to strengthen us and be with us. And as we dream, remember that's the whole point of this, as we dream about what kind of church we can be, I want us to apply this victory over fear that we have In our lives, I want us to leave, particularly the fear of failure, behind. Perhaps nothing stops us from acting more in faith than the fear of failing to do something. Right? That that stops us even before we start. And as we move into the new year and we're looking at the future, it can seem uncertain, and that can fill us with anxiety. And we might not want to try new things, but we need to keep pushing ourselves and trust. And imagination. We need to keep dreaming and acting on those dreams. So, I want all of us to dream this year and to dream without the fear of failure. What is God calling us to do? What if that seems hard? What if it seems messy? Or what if we mess something up and we waste money and our time and our effort? What if it fails, right? Those things can run through our head. And what if we're simply walking up a hill that God calls us to climb and we fall flat on our face? Because it might be a little icy. Right? God has promised us, though, through his word, that he will strengthen us and he's going to lift us up. That he's going to hold us in his hands. So I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be afraid to try something new with your faith this year. And I don't want us to be afraid as a church to step out in faith and take some risk. What did he just say? Risk? I know that's something we don't like to do. We don't like to take risks. We like to split up our 401ks and all these diverse funds to make sure nothing goes wrong. And, you know, we have a safe fund and more aggressive fund, but not too aggressive, you know, and make sure we wear all of our seatbelts and Make sure our shoes are tied. We don't like to take risks because risks imply you might fail, you might get hurt, you might lose something. But if God is on our side, if he's got our back, then stepping out in faith, taking that risk is worth it because the creator of the universe is backing you. And I hopefully this can spark some thought in your mind. This can get you thinking, what, what could I step out and do? What could I risk this year? What dream have I been wanting to do? What has God been calling me to do that I've never done before because I was afraid or I didn't know what was going to happen if I tried? So, here are some points this morning that I hope will help us think clearly about fear so that we can put it in its proper place, which is behind us. It's not that it's not there, it just doesn't rule over us, right? So, here are some things. Some nuggets to take away with you this morning. You can ranch, honey mustard, barbecue sauce, whichever ones you want to go with your nuggets. But here they are. Number one, fear divides your mind. When you're afraid, you focus on your fear. And anything that you focus on that that takes apart from your mental power divides your focus away from God. Right? It's as simple as it is true. When you think about it, I think about Peter. He's walking on the water out to Jesus, right? And he's walking, and his focus is on Jesus. And he's walking on the water, and God is working through his life in a miracle. And the second he looks down, right, and he sees the waves and the water, and he starts thinking about drowning and sinking, he gets afraid, and that breaks his focus. It divided his mind, divided his power to focus on God. And as a result, what happened? He started to sink. And we can do the exact same thing. It might not be as obvious as Peter sinking in the water, but we can do the same thing. So when fear strikes you, when when it first creeps into your mind, I want you to recall God's word. For example, the words of Isaiah 41 that we read this morning. God is for us, he's going to help us. And we don't have to be afraid. Focus on that, not on your fear. Don't let fear divide your mind. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. God will strengthen us. Number two, I don't want you to be afraid of failure. Like I said, why fear something that hasn't even happened yet? You fill your mind with all these assumptions, what's going to go on, and you're afraid that you're going to fail at something. That if you step out, you take this leap of faith, you talk to someone, you give this money you're not sure you can give. You volunteer for this ministry, you're not sure you can do. Whatever it is, you're stepping out, and you're afraid of failure. I don't want you to be afraid. Because the power in Scripture says that if we aren't afraid, then God's going to work through us. If you look at everybody in Scripture that God has worked through... As people who were afraid, who understood their fear, but said, you know what, I'm going to put that behind me and trust God instead. Here are some examples. Gideon, he was not afraid of being defeated by a large army, but instead he trusted in God to handle it. Abraham was not afraid of failing to find the promised land. David was not afraid of Goliath, or if he was, he put his trust in God before that. Daniel, was afraid of the king, perhaps, or the royal armies or the lion's den, but he trusted God more than his fear. Joseph didn't let his fear of being thrown in prison stop him from following God in Egypt. Moses, when he looked at the wilderness and all the Israelites, if he had fear, he put it aside for God's trust as they walked through the wilderness. And Jesus didn't give in to his fear while looking at the cross. And all of these moments in history, and we can name a bunch more from Scripture, were people who maybe were afraid, and perhaps probably were, but said, you know what? This fear isn't going to rule over me. I'm going to put God first and step out in faith. And great things happen. That's when God's power comes into our lives. That's when something really special happens. So don't be afraid of failure. And number three, just a point that we need to think about is that God works in our life according to our faith. If you think to yourself and you look back through the gospel record of Jesus healing people, it's, he was healing them based on their faith, right? He, he healed all the, the blind man or, or the lame woman or the lame man and the blind woman or whatever, all these different miracles, right? And he says it's your faith that has made you well. It's your faith. Jesus says that it is our faith that has an effect on how God works in our life. And so my question is, what are you expecting God to do? Are you expecting God to actually do something in your life? So, in my dream church, we dream as a church. So let's dream church. (laughs) But the fear aside... Let your mind wander in the wonder of what God can do. Let God win the victory in your life over your fear. Let him win a victory in our church over fear so that this year we can do something really cool and meaningful things for his sake. Now, like I said, I'm pragmatic. I'm not saying we shouldn't count the cost. I'm not saying that we should just throw our money and time and effort at any opportunity that comes our way. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we have been given freedom from fear to step out and do something. So let's be like Jesus, who looked at his father and followed him wherever he led. Do not be afraid to step out and seize a dream. Don't let fear stop you from doing what God has created you to do. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the encouraging words that you've given us through the prophet Isaiah. Through all the examples you've given us of people who have faithfully followed you, no matter where you led. I pray that this year you put to bed our fears and remind us of your power. That you are holding us, that you are there to strengthen us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.